book of Acts is the book of the continuing Christ. What Christ began in the gospel records, he continues in the book of Acts. In the first part of Acts, chapters 1 through 7, we join the adventures of what the Holy Spirit was doing through the apostles in the early church. This work was primarily focused in Jerusalem. The second section of Acts, however, advances beyond Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. In this section of our study, we see the power of the gospel on full display, changing the lives of those who hear it. Let's join Scott now as the adventure continues. There are some things that just cannot be bought with money. Doesn't matter how much you have, sorry, you can't buy this with money. I want you to know that is true of all spiritual riches. Every spiritual reality is in a different realm from the natural and physical and material world. You can't buy it with money. We return today to our study in Acts chapter number 8. And in our last study, we saw the, the gospel getting to Samaria, uh, the, the message of Jesus getting to these people, changing individuals, turning the whole city upside down. It's powerful to see God's great power at work. And in the midst of all of that, a man named Simon who had been a sorcerer, who had purported to have God's power, but he was a fraud, uh, is utterly ashamed, uh, realizes what he doesn't have. And the Bible says in verse 13 that he believed and was baptized and that he continued with Philip. Now, there has been some uh, dispute or debate among good people over whether this man was truly saved or not because of the verses that follow. I don't know. I, I can see both arguments. I would say this, only God knows who truly is saved of all of us. Only the Lord truly knows the heart. So we'll leave that with God. Uh, but you listen for yourself as the passage unfolds after this. The Bible says in verse 14, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Let me pause just a moment because this is very important. I've heard people preach this, that after salvation, somebody needs to lay hands on you so you receive the Holy Spirit. I want to remind you that this was not a repeated incident. This was very unique here in Samaria, and it was because uh, that these Samaritans had never been taught anything about the coming and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. So this is a transitional passage. Remember, Acts is a transitional book. And just like the day of Pentecost is not repeated, this particular incident is not repeated throughout the rest of the New Testament because the moment of salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit of God. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his, Paul would later write. And so this idea that I need the laying on of a man's hands to receive the Holy Spirit misses the point entirely. Instead, this was all new to these Samaritans, and so they're being taught and instructed, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Then the Bible says in verse number 18, And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power. Do you remember we talked about the power of the devil, and the power of man, the power of Christ? Well, now he sees the power of the Holy Spirit, and he says, I want that. Uh, I, I certainly understand why some people believe that uh, a truly regenerate man would not act this way, would not speak this way. So it could be that 
his profession is false, that he's a fraud, uh, that he's putting on. It also could be that this new believer is so totally ignorant of God. He's speaking out of his old nature here, thinking like he's always thought about how he can get the power of God. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. You don't get God's power. God's power gets you. You don't you don't just get something that you can use. Instead, you get yielded to the Lord, and God uses you. He didn't understand that. So he says in verse 19, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, this strong language, you ready? Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee, for I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. It's pretty strong, isn't it? Uh, there's discernment here uh, in Peter. There's boldness in Peter. He presses back against this man. You can't buy it. You can't buy the blessing of God. In fact, look at the great contrast uh, in verse number 20 uh, between the word gift and the word purchased. A gift is absolutely free. You do nothing to merit it, nothing to deserve it, nothing to earn it. No, it's a gift. That's what it is. That's the meaning of the word. It's the gift of God. Uh, what is money for? It's to purchase things. Uh, let me make a couple of applications here today. First of all, I want you to know that salvation cannot be purchased. Sorry, it's not for sale. No, in fact, it's already been bought and paid for. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid your sin debt in full. He cried out to tell us that it is finished, literally, Paid in full. So you can't purchase your salvation. There's not enough money in the world to pay your sin debt. Now, you can give money to every church in town. You can, you can give money to the poor. You can do lots of good things with the things that are in your hands, but you cannot purchase eternal life. If today you've never truly received the Lord Jesus as your Savior, if there's any question at all about your soul's salvation, if you're trying to earn it and purchase it with anything, with money, with church membership or baptism or good works or, or your family heritage uh, or the best of intentions or, or praying the perfect prayer, trying hard or any of that, I want you to know, I'm sorry, it's not for sale. You can't buy this with money. It is the gift of God that can be received only through faith. Uh, salvation is the free gift of eternal life. All you can do is willingly open your heart and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Would you do that today? You can't purchase it, but i got good news. It's already been paid for. Jesus paid it all. Now, not only is it true that your salvation cannot be bought with money, but I want you to know that the Spirit's blessing and power cannot be bought with money. Sorry, the Holy Spirit's not for sale. No, friends, uh, money's in the material realm. The Holy Spirit is in the spiritual realm. God is a spirit. So you can't obtain uh, the blessing of the Lord, his love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. That is the fruit of the Spirit, totally different from the work of the flesh. You can't work to get that. 
You can't pay for that. You can't purchase that. You can't have it that way. Instead, all you can do is simply yield yourself to the sweet Holy Spirit of God and believe that the Holy Spirit is more than enough and allow the power of God to be at work in your life. May I say that the word Peter used to this man is good for all of us? Repent. (laughs) Repent of your wickedness and pray God. If you've never been saved, repent today and believe the gospel. Pray to God, Lord, forgive my sin and come into my life. I trust you, Jesus, as my personal Savior. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And if you are a believer, if you do know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to know as surely as you couldn't purchase your soul's salvation, you cannot purchase God's blessing today. You can do the right thing with your money. You can invest it in eternity. You can be a giver, all those things we ought to do. But you do that because of God's goodness, not in order to receive God's goodness. And so, my friend, you can't purchase God's blessing. Instead, you receive it by simple, humble faith. Acknowledge your bankruptcy, the poor in spirit, the poverty of your own soul, and look to the Lord for the riches only He can give. What an encouragement to us today to remember the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel changed lives in the first century, and the gospel is still changing lives today. If you missed the first section of this study on The Adventure Continues, be sure to visit our website, enjoyingthejourney.org, where you can access this study along with many other resources to encourage you in your walk with God. However you listen to this podcast, we are grateful for each of you. We hope you will continue to listen and also share it with others. From all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team, may God bless you and help you enjoy the journey. Thank you.